she just decided to do it because it seemed pretty good. Pretty good idea. And you had no fear at that time of doing it? Not really. There's nothing really to fear at all. And how tall is it? Because it's the, it's the largest standalone mountain in the world. So for the height of it, because it's a standalone mountain, it's actually the tallest in the world. Yes. Um, do you know how tall it actually is? 19,500 feet. So 19,500 feet, so it's around 5,800 metres. Yeah, yeah. Um, 895. Yeah, so 5,895 metres. So if you compare that to Donard, Donard is 850 metres. Yeah, it's like climbing that loads. But then, <laughs> with altitude sickness yeah. and just it raining so much, that, my friend, was Connor Bannon. And this is the Inspirational Runners Podcast. Great episode for you this week. Um, we have 11-year-old Connor Bannon on the show. Um, Connor just become the youngest person from Northern Ireland to climb Kilimanjaro, 5,895 metres. When you consider that our own local Donard is only 850 meters, it was an exceptional feat for somebody of that age. He also has a lot of courage to sit down with me in the podcast. It only is a small, short episode, um, around 19, 20 minutes. Um, but I thought that he was well-deserved of being on the show this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope it inspires you. He's 11 years of age. You know, for somebody so young, and to be able to persevere and tackle and conquer a mountain like Kilimanjaro, surely you can step on the shoes and do the same. Hope you enjoy the podcast. I'll give you Connor Bannon. What do you think about doing a podcast then? I don't know. <laughs> Never done one before. No. So Kilimanjaro, wow. What age were you when you climbed? 11. 11 years old. 11 still. You're still 11? Yep. So you were 11 years old when you climbed it. Who came up with the idea of that? My mum. <laughs> you, Lauren? Yeah, uh, we were just in the house and my mum said, do you want to do Kilimanjaro? And I said, okay. Did you know what Kilimanjaro was then or how big it was, tall yeah, it was? Yeah, she already talked about it before, uh, saying that whenever my brother was going to be like 10, we were going to do it. But then my mum just thought, because, you know, I was just, I don't know, it's for her birthday. She just decided to do it because it seemed pretty good. Pretty good idea. And you had no fear at that time of doing it? Not really. There's nothing really to fear at all. And how tall is it? Because it's the, it's the largest standalone mountain in the world. So for the height of it, because it's a standalone mountain, it's actually the tallest in the world. Yes. Um, do you know how tall it actually is? 19,500 feet. So 19,500 feet, so it's around 5,800 metres. Yeah, yeah, um, 895. Yeah, so 5,895 metres. So if you compare that to Donard, Donard is 850 metres. Yeah, it's like climbing that loads. But then <laughs> with altitude sickness yeah. and just it raining so much. Yeah, so you, were you considering the weather before you went over? No, I just thought, I'll just do it. Yeah. And did, what about training then? So coming up to that, because it's quite undertaken, isn't it? 
Yeah, so for training what we did was every week we do one or two or maybe even three mountains and uh, I'd do like running every day and then I'd have like boxing, hurling and Gaelic training as well. Okay, so you're, you're doing an all-round sort of loads of different types of sports that are sort of building up your strength all the time. Yeah. When you said that you were doing like two, three mountains, um, do you know which mountains you're going up? Is it in the mornings? Uh, we were doing, yeah, in the mornings we were doing like, we did binion and wee binion a couple of times. We did sleeve downward a couple of times, sleeve gullion. We did just, we did Ben Nevis over in Scotland. We did, you know, just anywhere. Yeah. And do you enjoy it when you were going up those? Uh, you find them tough? Well, they, they're not really, them ones aren't tough. Yeah. Well, at least compared to Kilimanjaro. <laughs> but, um, Did you enjoy the training aspect of going up and down those like So Ben Nevis, was that a really good weekend away? In a way. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean by that? So, as my mum says, it's number two fun. Number one fun's where you're having the fun at the time, but number two's fun where you have it after. <laughs> so, like, you know... I enjoy doing Kilimanjaro, but at the end, you know, I did it and I'm glad I did. Yeah, so t- tell me then, before you went then, what did people, what were your friends thinking when you told them that, or your school and your teachers? Was there a good just, buzz going about? Yeah, it was just really uh, good luck and, you know. Because you had a lot of sport behind you, didn't you? You were yeah. doing it for charity? Yeah, Children's um, Hospice. So the Children's Hospice. And who was it was going over with you? Uh, my mum, me, Podrick Marlin and Barry Duffy. Two Egypts. Ah. <laughs> so that made it a bit of a laugh and a bit of fun. Um, so when you went over, so Kilimanjaro, it's in Tanzania, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and did you run over or cycle over or take the plane? Take a plane. <laughs> <laughs> and was that exciting, sort of packing your stuff and getting ready to go? Uh, or nerves or how were you feeling? We were on Ethiopian Airlines, so <laughs> the food was Wasn't a bit great. off. And then just, you know, it was all cheap material, and then the smells weren't really yeah. nice. And we were going up and down, up and down. In the turbulence? So, uh, yeah, I felt a bit sick. And when you get there then into Tanzania, tell me that. Have you got far to travel from the airport? Well, well what we did was we flew from Ireland, uh, so Dublin or Belfast, to... Um, Frankfurt in Germany. Yep. Then from there to um, Ethiopia, somewhere there, somewhere in Ethiopia, and uh, we just we slept there. We tried sleeping there for a few hours because we were gonna be there for about five or four hours, and then um, so. Yeah, and then we, after that we headed to Tanzania. We got to a hotel and slept, and then the, in the morning we were going to leave. Oh, brilliant. So you were going to climb straight away then? There was no hanging about? Yeah, not really. And what was the temperature like when you arrived there? Uh, well, at the top, around the top, was all minus 20. <laughs> and then... um. At this uh, bottom, it was like 20-something degrees. So it was a nice temperature to start off on. Yeah. And did you take off in the morning time then, so you can get plenty of yeah, daylight? Yeah, yeah, We started off in the morning and then just headed up the mountain to the camp. 
it was a three hour walk on the first day and then we slept there that night I couldn't sleep at all yep. I was tossing and turning all night so then we did I don't know how many hours I can't remember how many hours on the second day but really it rained really heavily mm. like worse than here so see on the first day when you're climbing up do you have to carry your own camping gear stuff and yeah we carried our own bags with uh, water our day packs and our sleeping bag what sort of things you put in your day pack your food in there well we'd have two of them a salt pack and an energy pack the salt pack would have like pretzels and nuts and all that uh for salt and stuff and then we'd have an energy pack with just you know sweets and chocolate but all the sweets and stuff melted <laughs> so they were all it was one big sort of yeah. melted together thing and then when you got to the camp then on the first night and you put up your were you using bivvies or tents what were you using we yeah we had uh tents and then we just rolled out our sleeping bags do you still feel were you feeling good at that point or were you looking and seeing how much far you've got to go well at the second camp on the first camp first night on the first night you know i was just Right, I'm on Kilimanjaro and I have another six days to go, or, well, four days till the top. So six days till I'm off this mountain. Okay, so you, you knew you had plenty of time, you were there for a long time. Yeah. So then you're moving on to the second base camp then? Yeah. Um, or the second camp. So you have to pack up your stuff. Do you always head away in the morning time? Yeah. The porters would leave before us with all the bags and you know the heavier stuff it, it was really weird like they'd handle it on their head or just by on their spine right. just wondering how it never broke but i think it's because their families i think just throughout the years their families would do that and it's just in yeah. them. they're amazing aren't they yeah yeah they carry a lot of stuff like Mr. and Bintu on them. their head <laughs> yeah i suppose that they're, they're holding their weight like just down through their spine rather than yeah like back weight. here or up here brilliant like and how long was it dark for then? Was it a long night or was it a short night? It, the first night was long because I didn't get any sleep. And then I started to kind of sleep in the morning whenever we had to leave. <laughs> and when you come to the second, that second evening then, because you're starting to get quite tired now, aren't you? Because you haven't had any sleep the first night. Yeah. Whenever I got there, I just, I laid down and... Just, I read a book and then they called us out for the dinner. After the dinner up the mountain wasn't really, like, wasn't really that nice. Yeah. What type of thing were you eating? Uh, the second night. Well, what they had was, they had normal foods. It was just that, you know, it was cooked oddly and stuff. Mm, just not what you're used to at home? No. It wasn't spots then, no. The nicest <laughs> night was when they had chips and chicken nuggets. Well, not chicken, no, it's like a fried chicken. Though the thing was, the chips were like, just floppy. <laughs> and then the, I wasn't allowed to eat the fried chicken because my mum saying that they, they weren't carrying a chicken up the mountain that was alive. And they didn't have any freezer. So yeah. for three days, you know, that chicken was just in a plastic bag. Yeah, so it was a bit dodgy, wasn't it? Yeah, I, was, like your I, was, I was so mad I couldn't eat it. <laughs> yeah. 
And then, so there was six stages really, isn't there? Do you stay, is it six nights you're staying up there? Does it take me six days or? Well, um, so what we did was, it took us five days to get up. Once we got to the summit, we'd come down, sleep for two hours and then do some horror walking. Yeah. And, at, you know, at that point I was really hard. And then we'd sleep at that camp and then, you know, we'd we'd have another seven hours to go. Yeah, that's brilliant. That next day, but the next day was really easy because, you know, you finished it. Yeah. You're done, basically. So it's quite high mountain, as you said there. It's 5,895 metres. Um, there has to be a time there because it's quite high up where you start having to deal with that altitude because the air gets quite thin, doesn't it? Yeah. And how did you fare with that? Uh, well, for headaches, we had like nervin or something, and for we had um medicines, so mm. we didn't well tried not to get sick, still did, yeah. and for thing. So you got altitude sickness on the way up. How far up were you when you when that? Whenever started I started getting you? sick, it was the last night. I was fine with the altitude all the way up until then. Well, I had no good. problem with it until then. Because it wipes you out, doesn't it? Yeah, I was puking all over the place. And then to breathe, you're like... Yeah. And you, like, we were walking really, really slow. Mm. A bit too slow. Yeah, well, there's not much you can you do about it, is there? Yeah, but you wouldn't think it was real. Yeah, so minus 20. Um, is that the temperatures you were sort of dealing with when you got near the top? Yeah, that was it. But you wouldn't notice it because you're so sick and tired yeah and on your last night just before you had the summit then so you had a camp and you knew you were going to summit the next day at that camp was it very cold up there yeah because you know just for going to the toilet and all your fingers would be freezing and you know you just you're walking around your stiff and everything was soaking wet and then that was getting pretty cold and it was, you know. Yeah, because you're at the top of, <laughs> of a really, really tall mountain. Um, it's not going to be as comfortable as it is at home, sure it's not. No, not really. So when you wake up in the morning then and you know now you're going to summit, how did you feel that day? It was just like, come on, just get this done. And how did it feel then when you actually got to the top of the mountain? Did it feel brilliant that you're actually there? Well, I fell asleep. There was a way where they showed how high you were and that you got to the top. That you could, I sat down on the thing, and uh, I just I had sunglasses on, so you wouldn't notice it, and I just, just went to sleep. <laughs> you want to sleep on the summit. And you know you just you're not thinking right. You don't, right re you don't realize how cold you actually are. And so. you're sick and everything. Yeah, so you have to be very cautious about things like that, don't you? Yeah. <clears throat> and it was really good to have the likes of your mum, who was very experienced, wasn't yeah. it, to make sure she looked after you the whole way. Yeah. How did um, Podrick and Barry fare out? Yeah, they were fine up and down the mountain. You know, they they, they weren't sick. They weren't sick. I, I think I was on the only one sick yeah. out of our group. And did, did, do you think they enjoyed it? Did they find it tough? Yeah, well, everyone on the mountain found it tough. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's a tough climb, isn't it? Yeah. So six days to climb up. Um, after that, then... You're coming down, so you only have how many stops did you have on the way down? On the way down, we had no stops until we got to our camp. We had a two hour sleep, 
Um, the thing I was noticing, I knew I was tired all day, but whenever I got in bed, you know, just that. Well, not bed, in my sleeping bag, I was like, um, not as sleepy as I was. Yeah. See, on your way down, it's so much more easier on the, than on the way up. You're starting to get more and more oxygen the lower you go as well, isn't it? Yeah. And <clears throat> the lack of oxygen going up actually can make you tired, can't it? Yeah. And so when you come to the bottom then, you've finished. Um, how did you feel then? Well, Relieved? Yeah. <laughs> and I just thought, I'm going to get... Right, the first thing I'm going to do is get something real. Something to eat? Yes. Um, some good chips. Whenever we got back to uh, the hotel, asked for a pizza, but I don't think, uh, just the plain one. I don't really think they got that. And then I said, just the plain. She was like, anything on it, nothing. You know, just the dough, the cheese, the tomatoes. She said, okay, okay. And she put <laughs> tomatoes all over the top. Like, they don't really get no, the concept of it. Nobody asked for plain pizzas over there then. And yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to ask for pepperoni because, you know, the meat. Yeah. He's a bit dodgy. Like, we were at a bar before we went up. Did No one had any drinks. Maybe, like, Barry had a beer. But we could have eaten stuff. But whenever you looked in the butchers, you saw it, that, that it wasn't sealed yet. There was no windows. It was just a room with a, a, a what do you call it, a grill. Though the grill didn't have a cover on it, you know, for barbecues. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it had, one of them cheap ones. It didn't actually have the cover. It just had, like, two sticks going over the top. So nothing to protect and the food at all. And then it was just over, and then the flies were eating away at it. <laughs> though it still looked nice, so I didn't yeah. need it, though. But your pizza then, how did that taste then? Absolutely amazing. No. No? No. <laughs> no. How disappointing was that then? Well... The most amazing thing I've had was whenever we got off the mountain and I went to um thing whenever we went to the airport, they had a McDonald's and I got yeah. the McDonald's breakfast. The famous McDonald's, it sort of saves you when you go to foreign countries, doesn't it? Yeah. No, we were in Ireland. Oh, you're back in Ireland airport, was yeah. it? Yeah. And you just couldn't wait to get the fries shoved down the back of the neck. I'm not even there, it was the breakfast McMuffin meal something like that oh brilliant yeah. and um, when you came back then how did you feel when people coming up to you talk to you about it and I seen there was a picture of you in the paper yeah just handed to me there brilliant it was in a couple of papers in Irish country living scaling brave new heights 11 year old Connor Bannon has become the youngest person from Northern Ireland to conquer Kilimanjaro proving that with hard work and self belief age is just a number there's a picture of you sitting smiling there. Yeah. <laughs> How do you oh, feel that, about that? Well, that day uh, was freezing, so it was kind of hard to actually look normal and to keep my hood down because we were on sleep gullion, but it was a really uh, windy day. Yeah, when you were getting the And the wind was behind me, so the back of my ears were <laughs> going blue. How, how did you feel then? Was the people interviewing you then for the papers or talking to you about the paper? Uh. There was, yeah, so, yeah, we had a couple. There was John Toll and stuff, people like that. And um, when you went back to school then, what were all your friends saying? They were saying, um, you know, well done and stuff. That must have been hard. Um, and do you find that, that 
there was a lot of girls coming over to you, more girls than before you went up the mountain. <laughs> Big smile there. What What did you think about the mountain then and your dad? Because your dad's done, I suppose, the biggest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. Yeah. Does it make you appreciate um, how tough it is going up the mountain and like the things that you had to deal with? Well, I knew it was for a good cause, so... Yeah, good man. And would you like to go up... Would that make you want to go up mountains more or less? Or do you like going up the mountains? Uh, well, I'm going to... At the minute, I'm not really on the mountains. Instead, I'm just going to stick with the normal sports and keeping a ground level. Keeping her a ground level for a while. Yeah. So what sports are you mad into at the minute? Like? I do Gaelic, um, sometimes Ireland, and boxing. Brilliant. And which have you got a favourite out of those three? Boxing. Why is that your favourite, do you think? Well, I love the training for it and then I just love fighting. You love punching people in the head? Uh, <laughs> do you give your dad a couple of smacks around every now and then? No. <laughs> Maybe smack your back, would he? Yeah. Connor, that's absolutely fabulous. Well done. All the way up to Kilimanjaro. Like, I'm the youngest person in Northern Ireland to have climbed it. How does that make you feel? Just makes me feel like, you know... I hope no one ever breaks this record. I'm going to have to fight them. <laughs> you know, if they do, they'll have to meet you in the ring. Yeah. Good man, Connor. Thanks very much. Appreciate You're that. You're welcome. What can I say? A lot of courage to sit on this podcast, let alone climb Kilimanjaro. I know it's only a little podcast, but I think it was worth it. I hope it really inspires you to put on your shoes and go up the mountains. There's been a lot of talk lately. We had about safety up in the mountains. We had, um, unfortunately, we had two fatalities um, quite recently up in the mountains. It's very important to have safety as being the number one priority before you go up the mountains. And we have another podcast this weekend coming up um, to talk a bit about safety and we're encouraging people to go up into the mountains, but it's important to do it correctly. So. I'll leave it with you to see if you can guess who the next um, inspirational runner of the week is. He has got a lot of experience climbing mountains, one of the most experienced in Northern Ireland. So if you've got an idea of who it is, please post up on the Facebook page. Um, it would be interesting to see if you can guess this one. Before we go, I'd just like to give our sponsors Born to Run a shout out. Their next race of the Winter Series is in Antrim Castle Gardens on the 2nd of February. Can't believe this is race 7 of 8 of the Winter Series. It's a beautiful course, so I hope to see you there. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. Until next week, stay safe and keep on moving.